Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm Tyler Mike. I've joined, as always, by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, we're back. Full-time, noceilingsnba.com. How are we doing? Year three, baby. Yes, we're, we're back. Back with force, back with vengeance, whatever you want to say. I couldn't be more excited about the upcoming year and to be doing plenty of these with you, Metcalf. And, man, we have preseason basketball on every day. College hoops is less than 30 days away from being back. It's just a magical time of the year. I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, sir? How are we doing? Uh, ju- just living the dream. Um, I we're, we're getting a little taste of NBA basketball. Um, I, I just need this preseason to be over so we can get right. to actual games. Um, you know, sh- shout out to everyone trying to make a team and all that stuff, but I, I, I need real games going on here sooner rather than later. The international scene and the draft world has actually been a lot of fun. We've done a million episodes and everyone's talked about it at this point but season's still going guys like Rishi is continuing to improve uh Nicola Topic uh incredible amount of fun so we're, we're having our you know palette satiated for now but there's so much more to come and I cannot wait yeah and it's speaking of a hot topic I mean we got to plug Metcalf's got a very very exciting video coming out for for all you diehard breakdown people he's He's talking about Nikola Topic, Topic uh, um, as well. So, I mean, I, I'm excited for this year. I think, I guess, a little bit of an announcement. But me and Metcalf really want to make the pivot to start doing way more stuff on YouTube. I know Corey's going to be doing his stuff too. But we're going to each be doing kind of our film breakdowns on prospects. And not just prospects, but I think some NBA guys too throughout the year. It's going to be really exciting. And, you know, if you football fan, you've seen those qb school videos that are so awesome that's you know we're gonna try to kind of do a little basketball version of that so i'm really pumped for this year i think we've got a lot of fun stuff still to announce um 
that fans are going to be excited for. It's a huge year for for No Ceilings, and couldn't be more pumped about the pair of new additions, Rowan and Ignacio. I have to give them a little shout out. It's just really fun time around here. Yeah, so just l- let's get our housekeeping out of the yeah. way now. Um, so, like you mentioned, a couple new additions to the team this year: uh, Rowan Kent. Ignacio. Uh, both of them had their pieces go up on Wednesday and Thursday. Make sure to go check them out. Rowan wrote about UCLA freshman Adaimara, and Ignacio had an awesome piece breaking down um, a lot of the international names and how their seasons have gotten off to a start. Make sure to go follow them. Make sure to go read their stuff over at noceilingsnba.com. 100% free. So they're really good and a really great way to kind of introduce yourself to some of these international guys. Um, in this class. Uh, like Rucker mentioned, uh, I will have a Nikola Topic breakdown video coming out, focusing on his on-ball creation, uh, scoring and playmaking. So that should be out soon. Uh, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, if not, just keep an eye out for No Ceilings TV on YouTube, and it will be there shortly. Also, by the time you listen to this, uh, my Jacoby Walter piece will be up at NoCeilingsNBA.com. Very excited about that. Very excited about his, him and his freshman year. I really think that he could be one of these surprise names to jump into the top three conversation. Um, but enough of that. Rucker, we got a fun one today. We're drafting a starting five. We're each drafting a starting five, but we're putting a little restrictions on it. So we're each going to be going off of our individual boards and we can only take one player from each specific range. So I can only take one player from ranking one through 10, 11 through 20, 21 through 30, and so on. And you can do the same. Once we each take a player, they are off the board completely for the other person, regardless of where they are in that regardless of where they are on that person's board. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's going to be spicy. I want you to have the first pick because I'm already struggling with my first pick, but um, no, this is going to be a fun one for everyone listening. And obviously, you know, not trying to spoil all the secrets, but like, you know, we have our consensus, our consensus big board that we always do for no ceilings. Some people might get a little bit of surprise in the next coming weeks. You're going to be able to see, more of our personal big board rankings throughout the year. And I think that's going to be really exciting. It's also going to make me just a madman about my big board because I know I'm going to get the heat and I'm welcoming it this year. But um, I feel good about my preseason one. Um, I tried to tinker with it before this episode last night. And um, I'm excited for this one because it's just going to get a little crazy. I like when you came to me with this idea. I was like, yes, yes, let's do this. And I, I loved our draft episodes. If you want to say that about like, we get to pick teams and stuff. So um. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I want, I want you to set the tone. Where are you going? I was really hoping that you know I wanted to be the gentleman and and make you. Um. I mean, let you have this first pick. Um. I because I. <sighs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm going to go with my head on this one. Okay. I'm going to go with Alex Sarr. Okay. I was debating that too. That's why I wanted to see if you were going to take the candy or not. It's a good pick though. I I got it. I got it. Um, There are are three guys I have ranked higher than him right now. He's not number one on my board necessarily, but I think he, at this current point with this pick, I think he gives me the most kind of team building flexibility going forward where I'm not necessarily locked into a specific style of play. Um, I'm getting an elite defender, an elite off-ball scorer, someone who's flashed some really high-level passing stuff, uh, some instances of on-ball creation, still not necessarily buying it, but there are flashes there. So I think with his just athleticism, the physical tools, the mobility, the versatility on both ends of the floor, I I think I got to go with him first overall. Yeah, he's been very impressive. I know there's a lot of people that are kind of pushing Saar to be in the running for number one pick, and he is going to be that right now. I think it's always a popular time of the year where we get so excited because we're so eager to start talking about these guys. And, you know, International always has the leg up right now because they have their seasons going on. They've got the film, and we can go obsess about it each and every night. And, you know, Saar's been very impressive. We've talked about him on our previous Euro Trip episode. We've talked about him before that. Um, very, very impressive. I think the defensive stuff's intriguing, but I, I'm a big believer of that. Some of these college guys are going to wake some people up. I think people are going to be shocked about guys like Justin Edwards. And I know you're writing your piece about Jacoby Walter. The more I watch him, I'm foaming at the mouth. Um, so, so but, but before we move on to your pick, yeah. just real quick, wh- where do you have Sarks? I, I, you know, I, I want to sh- shine a little more light on our boards and yeah, make yeah. sure that we, you know, we're, we're going to hold these ourselves accountable and actually put numbers on these guys now that we're back full time. So Alex, are what number do you have or where is he on your board? I got him at five. Okay. Um, and I know I people think- might be like, Whoa, what? I feel great about him having him at five. And this is a guy I had probably, a, what was it? A month ago before the ignite <laughs> stuff. Like, um, gosh, really that long. Um, yeah. I had him low. I had him like around the teens and stuff. Cause I was just like, I need to see it. And then all of a sudden I, I was lower. like, Whoa. Yeah. So, um, having him at five, I still feel great about him. I think the defensive, I said this in the previous episode, I think the defensive ability has raised his floor. Yeah. Um, I still think there's a very special player with his ceiling. Like it, his ceiling is raised to me too. Um, but I feel very good about the guys ahead of him. Um, I feel good about, you know, Justin Edwards, Ron Holland, Jacoby Walters, Stephon Castle. Those are the names in ahead of him I have right now. I feel fantastic about all those guys. Um, it's been weird to see some people not high on Justin Edwards at all. And I think he's going to be a very bad man out of the gate, especially with Kentucky going to have to play a little small. So um, I, I really like Sar a lot would not shock me if at the end of the year, he's in my top three, but yeah. for right now, I just, I think there's a lot of potential with the guys ahead of him. All right. Who you got your first pick in, in your, in the one to 10 range. You know, I, I, I just 
praise the guy that is at Kentucky, but I'm actually going to shake things up and go a different direction. I'm going to take Ron Holland um, because if I'm building a team, I want that mentality to set the tone when it comes to high energy defensive motor. Um, I feel good about taking him there and then now I can try to put some shooters around him. But I also think, you know, we've, I've seen some videos. I think the shot is trending in the right direction, which would be a holy yeah. crap type of yeah. development. It would. Um, and something that has just been the missing ingredient. And if it is going the right direction, that name is going to be at the top of boards and going to be in that conversation. And it should be from what we've seen. He's been fantastic. He has freight train like speed. You know, he is a fighter jet when he wants to get downhill. And, um, I think things are starting to come together. This is why we praise the ignite. I mean, look how much better he's already gotten and it's going to be awesome with them having a full season and that season's longer than it's ever been for the ignite. So I'm so pumped to see Ron Holland and the entire team there. Yeah. I, I, I think Holland, I, I loved, sorry, Texas fans, but I thought it was a really smart decision on his part when he decommitted and decided to go the ignite route. Um, I, I just think it's the they've done an incredible job, even though it's hurt some of the draft stock for some of the guys. It's done such a good job at getting those guys more NBA ready um, right out of the gate. And the fact that some of these guys can now stay there a couple a couple extra years, I think, is even better for them where they're not being forced to go uh, in the one and done one and done route. So even if they struggle a little bit, I'm not saying Holland is going to. He's not. He's going to be a top three pick. Um, but. I, I just really like that choice for him. And and we're already seeing those improvements. He's an absolute psychopath on the court. That's a compliment. Very excited to see kind of how his half court offense continues to develop throughout the year. Um, okay. With my second pick moving on to the 11 to 20 range on my board, this immediately gets messy and we are two picks in. Love yep. that. It really um, does. Cause I've, I always forgot that you wanted to go one to 10 and I was planning on one to five. So now nope. yeah, t- 10 no, to 20 is going to get a little leaves. ugly. Yeah. We're getting really into the leaves. Um, Got to pay double for this type of admission. Um, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that you have number two on your board. So this is a cheating steal. Uh, for me, and I promise this is not board manipulation. I promise that I am not cheating while I'm doing this. Um, he's number 12 on my board right now, but I think he's going to be an awesome pick and roll partner with Alex Sar, and the offensive vibes are going to be off the charts. I'm going to Stefan Castle, point guard, freshman point guard at UConn. I'm in love. Absolutely in love. And, and I, uh, I understand why you have him at 12. I understand why anyone might have a little bit of hesitation to have him a little bit lower. Um, but man, he's got the goods in my eyes. I mean, that's that's one of the easiest ones I've had when it came to evaluating for preseason with high school film and stuff. I was just like, this kid's got it. It's just how quick is it going to come together? And you talk about, you know, a six five, six six guard that just plays with composure and is smooth. Um, what a dream foundation of a team to all of a sudden yeah. be inserted with. I mean, they've got everything you could have for him to just have some success. So wouldn't shock me if he's a little slow out of the gate, just to because there's just so many mouths to feed with UConn. Well, and especially but, with Klingons. Yeah. 
Well, and I think I saw Klingon supposed to be cleared to be back, but they're going to be cautious with him, especially right. earlier in the year. And um, they just got a lot of mouths, you know, and, and Tristan Newton's there. They got a lot of talent on that team, Caravan. Um, but I, I do think Stephon Castle is going to be one of those, like, oh boy, when it starts to come together, fans are going to be very, very excited about his game. What so I, I know you're really high on him right now, but what is in your mind? Um, sorry to be a little Debbie Downer here. No, but you're fine. If, if there was if there was one big red flag that would make you go, mm, that kind of has me worried. What would it be? Um, the thing with him is sometimes like, I guess you could say just like he can get smothered off the bounce, but I think that's also the counter that makes me so impressed with him is you can throw the kitchen sink at him and he will not get rattled. He will find a way to adjust. Like there's a couple of plays where he just gets smothered in high school. And I'm like, Oh gosh, this is going to be an ugly turnover. And then he just throws like a no look dime back door to someone. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, how did yeah. he even see that? So I think maybe just the speed adjusting to it, but I also think he's got the ability to, he doesn't get sped up like guys do everything they can to slow him down. And if you want a game to sell yourself on, you just go watch him against Ron Holland. He was that the, that was the 40 plus one. Oh gosh. And yeah. and it wasn't even just like, Oh, it was 40. It was like second half. I think he got a bloody nose in like the second quarter. And then the second half, like was playing with like a towel hanging from his nose and was just like giving buckets left and right. And it was just like, okay, <laughs> like if this is what I'm getting in a six, six guard, I'm going to be excited, but I guess you can also say like outside shot, but he just in that game just took over. And I was just like, you couldn't do anything to slow him down. So that's why I'm high on him. But it also like, we need to see that a little bit more consistent, but rave reviews so far from anyone going to those practices. So I'm excited. Okay. Who you got at number two? Okay. So 11 to 20. Um, I'm going to I'm going to get me some offense on the wing. I'm going to take a uh, shout out to Corey. I'm going to take Scotty Middleton who is at 14 on my board. Ohio State sharpshooter freshman that. with some good size. So now I've got Ron Holland out there. I've got Scotty Middleton. Scotty's going to go get some buckets. Ron's going to drive the lane. I like that little pairing out there. Um where are you at with Middleton? Metcalf or yeah, go ahead. I I I have him at 8. Um is there a world where you just think he just lays a hammer like Thor and just like comes out of the gate and just is putting up like 18? And th- that would shock me just because I don't think the, like the on ball stuff is there. Yeah. But I think I, I, th- I think the defense with him is in- just incredibly solid where I would be really, really, really stunned if he's not a very good defender next year, which I feel like we can't really say about a ton of freshmen coming in and then just, no, it can't. The, it's also awesome. the, the shot. Just, it got better and better throughout his senior year, starting at, you know, with his EYBL film going all the way through the high school season, it just got better. And when you see that really just consistent improvement from a teenager, it makes, you know, predicting what he could be um, and pushing that out into the future so much more exciting. And it's like, oh, okay, we're seeing it in real time here where it's not just one of these things where he just went went in an empty gym and that over the off season and then came back and was a new player this season. And then, you know, wash, rinse, repeat where we're not really seeing it 
happen in front of us with Middleton. We saw it game by game, week by week, month by month over his senior year where he really refined the nuances of his defense, improved his offensive consistency, improved the shooting, improved the shooting difficulty where it wasn't just spot up. It was movement stuff. It was attack a closeout, then hit a step back. So as like a three and D wing in this class, I think he has an incredibly safe floor with a really exciting ceiling. And one of the comps that I have for him is Torian Prince and Torian's had a really good career. He is really important for the Timberwolves these last couple of years. He's going to be really important for the Lakers um, in, in this upcoming season. So, you know, if, if you take Middleton in the lottery and you get Torian Prince, are you necessarily ecstatic about that? Maybe not, but are you disappointed? I don't think so. He's a, it's funny you bring up Torian Prince because every single time, um, I'm trying to do like a, I'm in the middle of trying to do a very, very big, um, draft philosophy piece. Probably going to take a while to come out because I'm really in the weeds, but it's also funny. Just Torian Prince, besides having one of the greatest post game interviews in college basketball history, when he talked about like rebounding, um, I always forget he went 12th overall. Yeah. I forget he's a lottery pick like every time. And, yep. and I, I know what you're saying. Like he, Torian's, I think going to be in his eighth year. Like he's had a heck of a career when it comes to just latching. Cause I mean, we always want these guys to be stars, but sometimes it's just like, Hey, we just hang in there, find a way to hang around the league. And Torian's done that. He's been a, a guy that teams always want to find when it comes to the toughness and the way he plays the game. But I, I do think Scotty's just got that, that upside to kind of be one of those, yeah, you know, scary. Like, yeah, I, I definitely think he can be more at this point. I kind of see Torian as like, his floor could I don't throw this name around a lot the problem with player comps is like I'm not saying he's going to make this much money but could he be like a Chris Middleton on a team I I just the shooting's not there or the offense isn't there yet down the road maybe maybe down the road I mean, I, there, there's so much craft and nuance with yeah, right, Middleton's right, like shot right. creation. And, you know, I think he's like two or three inches bigger. Um, yeah, that's true. And I, I know you hate Ohio state guys, but I'm very pumped to with, watch him. Roddy God. Gale this year too. I, I have, and Felix Okapara, man. Yeah. I, I have so many team. Ohio state players that I love and it, I'm, I just die a little bit inside every time. <laughs> and our conference previews that are coming out on no Um in, in the coming weeks, like Ohio State, Michigan State was my game to watch in the Big Ten. <laughs> I don't want to watch I, that game. I hate both those programs. What are we I doing? What is I happening? felt bad, but Michigan never came up in my mind oh, when doing I those conference watch. previews. But I, I, I definitely, games, but I'm I, I think Ohio State was a lot of my picks too. So, um, okay, hit me with it. So we're twenty-one to thirty. Correct. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that we talked about last week, a guy that just kind of continues to improve. We talked about him pre-show. The defense, I think, could be elite. The off-ball offense is really improving. I love how decisive um, he's been off-ball with his decision-making, really improving the connective aspects of his offense with the passing, the attacking closeouts, um, the off-ball movement, the rebounding. I'm going Zachary Rissashi from uh, Jail Borg. It's it's a good pick. Your team's coming along together really nicely. Um, Zachary's. This is what we wanted. This is what we loved. This is exactly what we loved. Um, he's been trending in the right direction. I asked a front office guy like three weeks ago about him, and he was just like, "Man, I don't know. He's just kind of you know a little timid out there." 
I literally asked him about him two days ago after he's been on the stretch. He's like, man, it looks like something switched. Mm-hmm. He's like, it looks like he's finally starting to play the way we want him to. He's looked great lately. The mindset's right there. So I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where Zachary's in the top five talk. Um, right. But I think if he keeps playing like this, he keeps looking aggressive. Because even Metcalf, when he's attacking and like he doesn't score or he doesn't draw a foul, it's the the in my mind, I'm like, he's doing it at least like yes. he's getting the ball and being like, go. And, and, and that's where I've wanted to see from him so much. Cause like you said, we've said this in previous episodes, the defense, I was always very comfortable with. I was like, he's going to be a damn good defender in his basketball career. But I was like, if he gets another element of just lighting a fire in his head of like, get to the basket. Um, I think that would make life easier for everything else to fall into place with the outside shots trending the right direction. So um, I think we could look up in a couple months, Metcalf, and be talking about Zachary in the lottery again. And what a whirlwind of just all over the place that would be for yeah. draft diehards. Like a lot of people thought this was a preseason top five guy five months ago, and then all of a sudden everyone cooled, and now we're just going to be back and talking about it. Yeah. So kind of sorry to surprise you with this. No, clip, you're good. But- like this is exactly what you were talking about with the decisiveness where he little handoff, he signals to his teammate to come up out of the corner to set that screen for that stuff. Switch so big grab step, just f- flattens his defender attacks his momentum finishes through contact. It's just really decisive, really quick decision-making um, it. And it's stuff that we weren't getting from him before where he was hesitating the ball was sticking with him a little bit too much um even on this one that i'm pulling up right now he doesn't make this shot but i love how quick quickly he kind of figures out what he wants to do a little jab step into the step back three and it just rims out the the line on that's good that it he just goes a little long but defenders way off of him in the paint gets that skip pass completely loses him turns him around with that jab step and finds his way with a wide open three. And I think in time that can get to a spot where it's dropping a little bit. That's really good track creation. That's really good decision-making and creativity and just kind of ability to improvise um, on the fly. The one thing I'll say about Zachary, um, and, and I think this is the biggest thing we see in scouting that gets us so excited about evaluating and, gets us pumped to watch those games when they're late at night or, or wake up early in the morning and, and see what they did. Um, in Portland, everyone drink drink. I didn't see confidence with him. Um, and correct me wrong. I think he actually ended up playing good in the um, in, scrimmage in, in the in game. The, in, yeah. Well, in the games and the scrimmages, it was kind of like Ron Holland where that yes. switch flipped a little bit. I think in, in like the practices, I'm not sure if it was language barrier. I'm not sure if it was, you know, being kind of alone where yes. you know, he wasn't surrounded by his buddies like a lot of those other guys were. Right. Um, I think he's just kind of a shy kid. But yeah, in the in the actual practices, he was really struggling and just kind of looked lost. But then when they kind of just rolled the balls out and let him play, that's when he was kind of getting into guys, especially on defense where he had some shit to his game. Yeah, and what I was exactly what I was trying to say is like he didn't look confident. And practices, he just looked like a guy that was like, eh, I'm kind of, you know, just in the background, laying in the weeds, play good in the game. And then, um, FIBA play, we kind of felt like, eh, okay, like just the confidence wasn't there. 
this looks like a completely different player. And, yeah. and what I was getting at is confidence is the coolest thing ever to evaluate when you can see a player all of a sudden is just surging with it. Um, it, it it's just awesome. And I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to compare it to the Celtics, but like Peyton Pritchard in the preseason looks like unbelievably different. Cause he's confident now because he got paid and he knows like, Oh, I've got a spot on this team where I can get minutes. And we just underestimate how big confidence is for these guys. We always say like, Hey, it is a big thing, but it is humongous for yeah. a guy like Zachary Richard. We're just seeing that right now of the different player, completely different player. And this is what we get really excited about. And that's why he's moving up boards. He's moved up mine and I'm pumped to see what happens. How long until he starts getting the Jaden McDaniels comps? Um, not far. Uh, another thing I was, I, I'm not saying he should, because that, you know, I, I just wanted on the yeah. record that I think Jaden McDaniels is, you know, the second coming of Scottie Pippen. But, you know, I was shocked the length, seeing the defense, the kind of off ball exclusive on offense. I was shocked seeing Zachary in person. His lower body is tree trunks. So yeah. that move you just showed, like he has a lot of power in those legs to have a good balance, good base. So like there's some dangerous stuff developing. Like buckle up everyone. I, I really do think like he's trending in the right direction in a hurry. And I think this is the type of stuff where if NBA scouts are checking, like the defense is going to be good. All right, we're good there. The offense is coming around. The mindset now has flipped. I mean, people are going to be checking boxes fast when it comes to Zachary. And I, I, I don't want us to go crazy about it, but this is a big development. This is exciting. Yeah, obviously there's a lot of season left. So, you know, I just bring up the Jane McDaniels name just to to, yeah. to prepare people for what's, right, right, for what's right. eventually coming if this stuff kind of keeps up with him. But you talked about the lower body power. Just watch where he plants on the step back and how much ground he covers. So he's there, ends up there. Yeah. That's a lot of space. That's a yes. lot of power. I know he doesn't look strong necessarily he looks a little slender he looks a little lean yeah to some extent he is but his lower body like you said was really strong and it it definitely looks like it up close yes um, okay number Enough. three for you who you got oh i thought you okay um so in, in your 21 to, 21 to 30 yes yeah so, so, sorry just real quick for the record where do you have zach on your board 24 Okay, I have him at 21. Okay, I moved him up to 24. I think I had him at like 28, 29 before. I've moved him up a little bit. Okay, um, okay so I've got Scotty Middleton, Ron Holland on the wings. I feel pretty good about that. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna draft. I can't not do this. I'm going to draft the big man. I'm going to go a Dembona. I have to yeah, do it. Okay. Um, shout out to Mick Cronin for basically making me and Metcalf feel completely hundred <laughs> percent energized and feel better. I was about at an 85. Now I'm back at a hundred. Um, for those that didn't see it, uh, he just basically, it was like, it's, he basically just said, yeah, he plays unbelievable defense and he has a great motor. It's going to be hard to keep him off the court. So, um, yeah, feel pretty good about a Bona right there. Um, where do you have him right now? Metcalf 17. Yeah. I got him at I got him at twenty one, so right on the border. But uh, I thought he was the best defensive center in the country last year. I think he's going to be the best defensive center in the country this year. And I, 
I know that sounds hyperbolic. Um, I know he didn't have the best block rate. I know he didn't have the best steal rate. But when you just look at what he was asked to do on the court and how much ground he was asked to coverage and defend every single area of that floor, you can't show me two or three other centers in the country who are asked to do that same amount and executed it at that level that he did. It was absolutely insane where he was blitzing pick and rolls all the way out to half court, either switching onto the point guard at that spot and defending him on the perimeter or retreating all the way back or, you know, making the switch and recovering to a corner shooter because his teammate had tagged, had switched over into the lane and to take the roller. He was absolutely everywhere. His motor didn't stop. It was constantly running. I know there are concerns about the offense, but he kind of showed some fun face-up stuff with rip-through drives and whatnot um, towards the end of last year. So I'm not saying he's going to be this offensive dynamo, but I think there might be a little itty-bitty part of him that could do a little more than just rim running and offensive rebounds. Yeah, I mean, my I've told this story before. It's still my favorite surprise seeing in person in pregame warmups last year was Bona pouring sweat. Every rep was hundred percent. And he like when he was doing big man post-up stuff and it, every drop step was him literally trying to break the backboard and bring it down like Shaq. Like it was just a lot of anger, a lot of tenacity. And I was just like, okay. And then you see that translate to the floor. The block rate with him doesn't like, I'm not worried about that ever because I think he just alters so much stuff. Well, he's, he's just constantly disrupted. defending away from the rim too. Yes, and and like you said, you've said that all the time, and it's true. You go turn on the tape, like people are always like, "Oh, big guy, let's pull him out on an island." And Bona is like, "I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Like I can hang out here." And I think that's why I think NBA teams will be so smitten of him, is because they'll be like, "This dude can survive. We could play switch with him and he'll be fine. And obviously everyone calm down. Like Damian Lillard brings out a rookie <laughs> big man. It's going to be a rough time, but the idea of having this mobile, versatile, agile, big man like him, that's built like the Hulk and he doesn't block shots to just tip it. He blocks shots to send it into another universe. Like he just tenacity. I love the way he plays. And I think teams are going to drool over that. So obviously his draft stock last year got just decimated because of that shoulder injury at the end right. of the year, and he couldn't play in the tournament. He couldn't really do any pre-draft stuff. Um, that sucked. If he stays healthy this year, what would keep him out of the first round? Um, my problem is, is I think we just – this is going to sound bad and I'm not saying he's taking the next step forward automatically, but I, I feel like we're going to get last year again with more minutes Yeah, and the production is going to look better because he's playing more minutes and I'm not worried. I, I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm not worried about him and Mara playing together. I, I think it could actually be kind of fun. It's going to be because he's going to be an unbelievable playmaker. It's going to be terrifying to I, I deal think with. There could be some fun, like high low action with that. I would high low people to death. I would literally, I just watched Ballo and Tubelis do it last year to Indiana and Trace Jackson Davis. And it was and Prince, oh, oh, wait. shush. <laughs> but it was so, and now you're going to get like a gifted passer with size and Bona, who's stronger than everyone. It's going to be fine. It's going to work out. But I, I don't know, Metcalf, what about you? I mean, the defense is going to be there. 
the rebounding's going to be there. Some of his rebounding stats are freakish. Um, he's going to be a rim runner. He's going to be a lob threat. I don't think we're. I don't need to see him bust out an offensive game in the post. I don't think Mick Cronin yeah. needs that either. I don't think Mick Cronin's like, hey, okay, if nothing goes good with the set, our last option is feed Bona to go to work. No, I think you know teams are going to draft him and be like, hey, let's spend time working on your jump hooks. Right. That's it. You know, and I think I'm not trying to dog anyone, but like Clint Capella made a lot of money off of rebounding, blocking shots, being an impactful defender. I think Bona's on that same path. Yeah. I, I, what you said about him not needing to develop a post game, I think is really, really important because unfortunately, I think a guy who's kind of gotten hurt by that over these last couple of years has been Deron Holmes, where he's yeah. developed a really, really dynamic and interesting post game. But at the NBA level, he's never going to be asked to do that. He, it's just not the way the game is anymore. Unless no. you're Jokic and we're playing the offense through you, but you're not right. drafting that guy. Right. You know, that's freak of nature stuff. It's like Jokic getting drafted so late and developing and everything went perfect. Blah, 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 blah. Obviously, he's unbelievable, but I, I agree. Right. So it's like, okay, the offensive numbers aren't there. Like, okay, is that a concern really for what he's going to be eventually, what the NBA is going to ask him to do? Is that actually a concern? With Bona, I don't think it's ever going to be. Um, if he doesn't go first round this year and, you know, he stays healthy and all that, my only other kind of guess besides people overthinking the offensive stuff would be that we do see a drop off in the overall defensive metrics mm -hmm. just because of that that pairing with him and Mara I expect that Mara is going to be planted at the rim where they're not going to bring him out to the perimeter if his life depended on it I agree um, there because he is rough in space Bona isn't Bona is incredible in space and I imagine that he's going to be having to fucking chase everyone around the court um so it wouldn't shock me if his rebounding and block rates and all that kind of stuff just either plateaued or came down even a little bit and i don't think it's going to be a symptom of him getting worse it's just going to be a symptom of him being pulled out and that's where watching the tape becomes so important yes situation understanding scouts will know scouts will be watching and if that stuff's happening scouts will be like hey we just watched him last year and i actually think it was very smart of him to test the waters, even knowing yeah. his shoulders messed up. He couldn't work out because he probably was like, Hey, what do I need to do? And they probably, everyone probably said, keep playing like your play. And um, I know some scouts would probably be like, Hey, just keep working on your offensive game, whatever. You're drafting a Dembona to be what he is, what yes. we just saw. Like if we drop a Dembona with the Milwaukee Bucks right now, every Bucks fan would be foaming at the mouth to add him alongside like Giannis. Like it's just, that's the oh, type of garbage beat. time when him and Thanasis and Andre Jackson hit the court together. Oh, gosh. Woo! You have to get the kids out of the <laughs> arena. Um, all right. Hit me with your next. You're, uh, we're okay. 30, 31 so, to 40? 31 to 40. Um, I'm going to stay on brand here and keep adding size to this team. Um, I don't like the idea of Alex Sarr being my full-time center especially having to deal with Bona. So I'm going to move him to power forward and I'm going to take one of the most productive centers in NCAA history. Uh, I'm going Zach Eady. You have him this high? I have him at 38. Good. Run, run any statistical query that you want. 
there's a 95% chance his name's going to pop up. He's going to get drafted. He never files. Not, he's going to get drafted. I'm not doubting it. He's not going to, he's going to get drafted. Someone will draft Zach Eady. He's, um, an, he's an insane rebounder. He's a really good screener, good passer, incredible scoring touch on the interior, draws a ton of fouls, never falls on the other end, has a really high block rate. Uh, his ability to kind of move in space and, and drop coverage, it, it was solid last year. I, He's not Bona. He's not switching on anyone. But as a guy that I can just drop and throw in the middle of the paint, uh, let Alex Sar kind of go on the perimeter, roam around, uh, be that defensive playmaker. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also, run that pick and roll with Stephen Castle. We're having fun now. Yeah, I like that. That's that's a good one. I I have him literally right outside my top sixty. And I know people are going to be like, "What? You don't have him?" Retire? I know what Zach Eady's going to be. He's going to do it again. Gonna be a lot of people who are like, "You have him that high?" <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I I get it. He's going to get drafted because some team with a second, an extra second round pick is just going to look at themselves and say, what if this works? Mm -hmm. Like, what if he is a piece off the bench that is a force? Like, what if this works? We have a giant in the middle with touch. He's going to put up cuckoo numbers. He, he, I would not be shocked if he gets drafted. Right now, I have him just right outside it because I, I'm weird in the preseason stuff. I like to give the guys that are coming in a little bit more run and, you know, automatically I could see myself moving Edie up before we have our first one submitted, but um, okay. I love and, that out of you. I, I don't think he's going to be some superstar all-star type player. No, but I bet he has 10 years as a backup center where he's playing. It wouldn't shock me. It's eight to 15 minutes a game. It wouldn't shock me. Or if he goes to Europe and plays for Barcelona, wouldn't shock yeah. me. <laughs> um, okay. Well, my range right now is getting ugly. Um, you know what? I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take a sleeper. Okay, so you've got Stefan Castle, Zachary Richesche, Alex Sar, Zach Eady. I've got Bona, Ron Holland, Scotty Middleton. I'm gonna add um, another shooter. Um, he's gonna play shooting guard for me, and I'm starting to like him a lot. I have a very good feeling this might be a guy that I fall in my feelings after I've done some more research. See, I'm a big believer of how you close the year. If you can have a hot streak to end the year and uh, build some momentum off that, that's a dangerous thing in the off season. I'm going to draft miles Kelly of mm. Georgia tech. Um, around six, five shoots the crap out of it. I've been watching him a lot. I like him a lot. Um, and then I went back in his last six games of the year, he averaged almost 22 a game, and he was like 44, 45, 92. Um, I just think if you're if you could hang your hat in a draft class of having the potential to be one of the best shooters, um, scouts are going to take notice. 
and you're going to probably be a hot commodity. And in this class, there's a lot of talent all over the board. There's a lot of players with a lot of upside. But I think if you're looking for guys that just can shoot the crap out of the ball, you start to narrow that field a lot. I mean, me and you have talked about Tucker DeVries. We're like, hey, he could have the chance to hang his hat on that calling card. Just guys like that where it's like you're getting drafted to be a shooter. Um, and I think Miles Kelly's on the radar if he comes out and has a strong start to the year that could start to kind of wave the flag of like, uh-oh, here we go. We got another one. And um, I'm just always root for those guys. I'm a big, big believer of the guys that, you know, the returners. I love the one and dones, but I love the guys that you get to see. Hey, they've been working their ass off in the offseason. So Miles Kelly is someone I'm probably going to believe in a little bit more than others. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely um, behind on Miles Kelly. I know Albert uh, as well was kind of pushing him at the end of last season. Um, so when we talk about shooter, is he kind of like the Isaiah Joe, Seth Curry mold of shooter where you just go out there and gun where you're kind of percentile rankings your percentages they're going to be good but they may be a little more influenced because you're taking really really difficult shots rather than just kind of wide open standstill stuff i mean he can move he can move on on you know shooting i mean i don't know why ben mclemore just popped in my head of like that idea of like moving around a bunch and stuff like that i mean it's a guy that i'm probably gonna you know obviously albert has been pushing him um i feel like we might have some miles kelly stuff up our sleeve but um, might be someone I want to write about. It's just, you know, Metcalf, we always have those guys that you just turn on out of nowhere and you're like, oh, you got my attention way more than I was expecting. And I think Miles Kelly is one of those guys where I'm like, I want to keep watching more. And I think you just drafted. I mean, he doesn't, he didn't fill up the box score a lot when it came to versatility, but mm -hmm. the one part, one part he did was scoring and shooting and efficient. And I just think that's a guy that could all of a sudden, you know, maybe this, maybe it's a early second rounder. Maybe it's a guy that ends up sneaking into the end of the first round with the strong camp. And we always see those guys that light up those pre-draft workouts. And now everyone's like, this kid came in and went, you know, 80 for a hundred from three or, you know what I'm saying? But, um, just someone that I'm like, Hey, I got to make sure to keep miles Kelly on my radar. Um, okay. and I didn't think I was going to be saying, Hey, I need to keep Georgia tech basketball <laughs> on my radar a couple months ago, but that's why I love college basketball. That's why I love this draft. Love it. Um, okay. So with my last pick in the, what are we in? 41 to 50. I should probably, yeah. In the 41 to 50 range, um, my final player in my starting five, he's a transfer uh, going from Iona to Florida uh, point guard uh, can play a little bit off ball two, six, two. I'm going Walter Clayton jr. Cause I need more shooting on this team. And I think he can play on or off ball. Um, I think one of the fascinating selling points of Walter Clayton is the off ball shooting. Um, last season, he ranked in the 99th percentile in spot up scoring. Um, he ranked in the 88th percentile in all around jump shots at the 98th percentile in shooting off the catch and the 72nd percentile shooting off the dribble. Uh, he also ranked in the 67th percentile as a pick and roll ball handler. So um, that that just infusion of floor spacing while also being able to take some on-ball creation, uh, I, I just think it will provide a really kind of fun dynamic um, in the backcourt uh, between Castle and Clayton. It's a good one. 
I know he's got plenty of fans that had no ceilings. I know a lot of people out there love the numbers. Um, another transfer I'm just excited to watch this year. I always get excited for the transfers because I'm like, you're really betting how on how, how real is it? Yeah, like how okay, you're gambling on your you're you're playing the poker at the poker table and you feel like you got a good hand. So let's see if you're right. Um, but I'm excited to see him. It's a fun class. I mean, I was doing my big board last night. I was on 60 through 70 trying to get guys back up into my top 60. And I was like, there's some guys here I like. Like, dang. So, um, fun class. Okay. Where where do you have Clayton? Is, is he in your top 60 or no? Um, no, he's not. Okay. So you hate Walter Clayton. Good to know. No, I have no, a, no, a laundry a list of names. I just, you know, when you get past 60, I... I I got a lot of guys past 60. I really like that. I wanted to put in my top 60 last night, but um, gosh. Okay. I'm looking at my lineup. Got wings galore. I'm going to play Ron Holland at the four. All right. I have to look, I have to look back at my list. I can't yeah. play miles Kelly at the one. And Alex Sars going to punk him again. Um, yeah, I guess I'll play small ball. Whatever. Because I can't just not take a point guard. That makes this exercise ridiculous. Oh, um, yeah. That's kind of tough. No, screw it. To, to heck with that. I don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll just have Miles Kelly guard. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'm going to take uh, a guy I'm really excited to see this year. And he's going to play with Bona. And I actually really like this pick now. I don't care if I'm going to play out of position. Well, Holland's going to probably bring up the ball anyways or or, or run it through him. Whatever. Um I'm going to take a guy I believe has the chance to remind everyone how good he was trending last year. And I think he could end up being a first round pick. I'm going to take uh, I know I have him. I'm saying this and I have him low on my board. So everyone pump your brakes. I'm going to take Trevon Brazil and put him next to Bona. I have him at 43. I don't love it. I like Trevon a lot. Only thing I want to see earlier on the year is where are we at with health recovery from the ACL injury last year? I think he's got the potential to be an asset in the modern NBA with the size, the floor spacing. There's a lot of stuff going for him. Um, he was kind of underrated athletically. I, I know people are like, what are you talking? I think he was underrated. I think he had some bounce and had some rim protecting, but I need now I need to see him become a more, versatile defender i need the shot to be consistent i need a little bit more so that's i have him there the first week he could be going up to 35 like quickly i i'm a big fan of it i just i see the path in which he could be a desired asset for nba teams yeah and i i have him at 39 on my board right now so i i'm really intrigued i i just kind of need to see a little more maturity from him on both ends of the floor and what people I mean don't take that, that the wrong way. Right, don't take right. that. Yeah, uh, I know what you're saying. What I mean by that is more so the the decision making, the kind of consistency on both ends of the floor. Where a lot of his rim protection last year, there were real the highlights were incredible. He also chased a lot of stuff. He was also late on rotations. The the consistency, the timing of it, um, it it felt like a really young player taking a big leap in competition level. Um, so I I think there's a the the physical tools I think are freakish. Uh, the sh- kind of three and D potential with him is really fascinating. Uh, 
we obviously saw how brutal Arkansas spacing got last year after he got hurt uh, because he was kind of their main three point shooting uh, threat, especially earlier, early in the season when Nick Smith was hurt. But I, I think he could be in for a really big year. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he returns to uh, pretty much who he was because that was a really fun player who had a lot of bounce and a lot of versatility to his game. I just need the kind of mental aspects where the the processing speed really takes that leap forward. And he's constantly making those really well-timed, but also really disciplined rotations as that primary rim protector. Um, I think as like a secondary rim protector, that's where it's like, oh, okay, the excitement here with this guy is through the roof. If he's your primary, though, that's where I kind of get a little hesitant. Um, but I, I buy the offensive stuff. Um, he kind of gives me some Jackson Hayes vibes. Um, mm-hmm. Just the bounce, the kind of erratic decision making, a little bit of chaos to his game, um, ability to kind of stretch the floor. If things hit right, if that decision making, that processing speed really does take that improvement it would be kind of surprising if he's not a top 30 pick. Who did you just pick? Um, I'll I'll just run through. Um, So my my starting five is Alex Sarr, Stefan Castle, uh, Zachary Rissashi, Zach Eady, Walter Clayton. Walter Clayton. You have Ron Holland, Scotty Middleton, Adem Bona, Miles Kelly, and Trevon Brazil. Let's do a six man because we left out, um, we left out 51 to 60. Right. Okay. Yeah, we can do. A- so let's just do a six man. So we're we're filling all the voids. Oh, um, I mean, it just doesn't seem right for us to only go to fifty. We got to no, get one more guy. That that's fine. And shockingly, we came in way under the clock. So we yeah, I'm shocked. We, we got another half hour to kill. Yeah, kidding um, me. Kidding, kidding. Um, okay. The problem was the preseason big boards. This Mick have I have guys fifty one to sixty that I could have forty to fifty. It's really annoying. Or 80 to 90. Well, and I have like Aiden Mahaney is right outside my top 60. I love him mm. from St. Mary's. Sophomore. I had a really impressive freshman year. I love him. Alex Tui, right outside. We all know how much I love him. Um, it's just oh, tough. You have, you have RJ now. Lewis, I'm, in, I'm intrigued with. Keyshawn Gilbert. I couldn't believe I read an article that Robert Dillingham gained 24 pounds. I could not believe that number. So, um, Matt Maxwell's joke on that was really funny. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> um, what, uh, who are you thinking? Um, oh, God. I hate this range, especially for my it's tough. team. Um, I mean, I, I've never had this many names this early in the year. That's why I just think this is a really fun and interesting class. I'm so tired of people saying this class sucks because there's no consensus number one. This class has some real wild cards. Yeah. Um, okay. So, sorry, I'm trying to filibuster, trying to find some numbers here. Um, uh Okay, I screw it. I'm going Cam Spencer, shooting guard from UConn. Um, arguably best off ball shooter in the country. Um, his percentile ranks on synergy are through the charts. I was trying to pull them up. Uh, but the the search function currently isn't working for me. Uh shot like forty three and a half percent from three last year. I think he's gonna have a monster season. Um playing off of Klingon and playing off of Castle while also spacing the floor with Alex Caravan uh, and Tristan Newton. Um, so I, I need another shooter on this team. Uh, so I'm going Cam Spencer. It's a good pick. 
a pretty good pick. Um, there's a lot of guys like that where people need to be entertained about some names that you might not be seeing right now that I think could quickly start to make some noise. Uh, and real quick, sorry, just to yeah, go for it. Uh, spot up 94th percentile, um, shooting off the catch 94th percentile, overall jump shots 85th percentile. Sorry, continue. And he's playing with Stefan Castle, which makes me even feel better about. I'm just saying, like, people don't realize what a dream scenario this is for an incoming freshman stud guard. He has yeah. everything, his shooters all over the place. He's a humongous big man that's talented with skills, he's got a lot of stuff. So that's why I'm so high on Castle, and I'm just high on him as a player. But, um, okay, my sixth man. Um, I'm going to go with Kobe Johnson of USC. I really he was a, he was the other one I was torn between. Yeah, really intrigued with Kobe. I I, I love when you admit that because I can tell we think just spot on. Um, I think Kobe is going to be a pleasant surprise this yeah. year. I think that USC team is going to be fun. Isaiah Collier is going to get all the attention. I think Kobe Johnson is going to be one of those guys that we see quickly or not quickly. We see just creep up boards and teams get intrigued with, this is the upperclassman with some, you know, some poise now to his game, some versatility. I like him a lot. Um, the only other name I was going to think about was Desmond Claude of Xavier. I'm really excited to see. So, um, yeah, I like that McCuff. I like that. We did a little six man there. That's a good one. All right. Just to recap, uh, my, my starting five and six man are Alex Sar, Stefan Castle, Zachary Rusashi, uh, Zach Eady, Walter Clayton. And then coming off the bench, Cam Spencer, you had Ron Holland, Scotty Middleton, Adam Bona, Miles Kelly, Trayvon Brazil, and coming off the bench, Kobe Johnson. I think we need to do this exercise more than once throughout the year. It'd be kind of fun to see yeah. how our teams change. Um, because it is, it's, and for everyone listening, actually, like it's kind of a fun exercise to do for yourself, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Cause like I'm already looking at it and I was like, oh, maybe I should have gone, you know, like, do you prefer going guard first? Or it's just like, I probably would do this again and have a different strategy of like, maybe I should get my guard early or stuff like that. It's just, it's kind of fun. I like the yeah, wrinkle. Line, so the, the two names I was torn between on, you know, at the start were either Alex Sar or Jacoby Walter. And, you know, my, my heart is screaming Walter, but then, you know, I looked down the board a little bit and it was like, okay, well, who else am I going to get at either center or power forward that could have a similar impact to Sar? And I'm like, I don't think that guy exists right now. So it's just kind of a fun kind of uh, team building exercise. And especially when you put the limitations on it of staying within your zone. Um, Something I thought was kind of interesting is I don't think did, did either of us cross out a guy necessarily in the same zone um, outside of like the very first pick? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I I missed my second pick. I took Scotty Milton, who I love, but I had um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guards in that range that I've literally just because I took Milton, I passed them all up. So like, if I went went back, I probably would have taken a guard there. But um, it's a fun year. Yeah, it's a really fun year. I'm telling you guys, like I've been beating this drum this international class is bringing some heat yes and now we're about to find out this college class is going to be more intriguing than people think and um i'm really excited for a lot of these guys 
I, I really am. And it's funny you brought up Jacoby because the first pick I kept staring at Jacoby, but I also love Justin Edwards. So I was like, eh, Edwards. And then like, oh, I'll go Ron Holland just for fun. Just shake it up a little bit. Okay. Um, that's all I got on this green room. Do you want to update? Ah, of course I do. Come okay. on. This all gets right. me pumped up. So it's the, the most exclusive club in the basketball world. Um, only 14 get in based off of vibes, pedigree, potential, uh, a lot of vibes. Um, it's not necessarily our lottery rankings, but kind of our, it, it's the 14 green room members. So currently yes. we only have three in there. Uh, Jacoby Walter, Alexander Saar, Ron Holland, are all three sticking? Yes. Perfect. In line, we have Donovan Klingen, Stefan Castle, and Garway Duall. Um, who's in again? Sorry. Ron Holland, Castle. No. Castle's no. in line. Castle's in line. Ron Holland, Saar, and who? Walter. Okay. Yes. 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 Sorry. I just didn't hear the third one. Um, And then Klingen, Castle, and Garway are in line. Correct. Only one gets in. Um, I made a sales or no. Who are you thinking? So Garway was my nomination last week. Um, I would say, I I would say Klingon's in, but he's in boot guys on boots and crutches are a total bummer in a club. So Uh, is he still waiting in line? Oh yeah. This is, this is why the green room pivot, um, is good because we have an actual, like now we can talk about guys, get out, get in. You know, because at first I was nervous we're doing this too fast, but now we can just keep guys waiting. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we can bring in a guy with a boot. No. Because I think security might think it's a weapon now. Like if he gets uh, a fight, it's, it's a weapon. And insurance. And tripping over stuff, the liability. Oh. Insurance is a big deal. Club owner would be like, no, no, uh, that's, that's uh, an insurance case I don't want to deal with if, if he falls and does something one else. One of his or, buddies there and just having to do everything for him, it's a nightmare. A girl walks in with a heel. She rolls her ankle on his boot. Broken leg. Vibes Insurance. Are yeah, no. vibes are <laughs> clubs shut down. We never have another one of these ever again. He can't do it. So he's got to stay in line. Yeah. So probably not great for the rehab, but he's still standing outside. Um, well, we can offer him a job to pay for the medical bills <laughs> while he... While he um, Okay, I'm kidding. So you, you, Donovan, so get back. I'm, I'm so pumped to watch you this year. And w- um, once he's healthy, he'll probably be in. Um, your nomination last week was Castle. Make your sales pitch. No, I made my sales pitch last week. You got to tell me about Garway. That's what happened. Pitch last week. No, um, I made mine for Castle no, because I said he has for what good it's v- worth. I'm I was going to vote for Castle. I'll vote for Castle. Okay. Stephen Castle. Garway. Garway does. Garway is first in line for me because um, he's ahead of Klingon now because Klingon's got a boot and he's working. He's going to work now. We just hired Donovan to be a bouncer. <laughs> um, Garway, the more I think about it, Garway's like a weird wrinkle, like a wild card in that group. That would be perfect because he's just... He, he may need a week of games to uh, really cement himself there, but I think he's coming. He might, yeah, he might, in the club, he might need, in the green room, he might need a couple songs. He, he's got to find his song. He's got to wait for his song. Everyone's got their song where they're like, okay, that'll bring me out on the dance floor. And then after you get that song, the night is just glorious. Garway's waiting for his song. And I think, I'm with you, Metcalf. I think the first week of games, 
he's going to be the classic guy that we look up and be like, oh, Garway had eight, four, six, four, like four <laughs> steals. Like it's just going to be like, I, I have a feeling we're going to get a couple of those box scores um, early on. And then all of a sudden we're going to get like a 15, four, four and three and be like, uh Oh, here we go. So, um, any, are we going to just keep the line like this or do we need to no, nominate we, we, another we, we, name? We both have to nominate two, two, or we, we each nominate one to, uh, join Kling and then do all in line. Um, so do you have anyone at the top of mind? Um, tough it's tough folks yeah and you know I'm, I'm trying to stay out of you know just the the typical top five top ten names um, oh i do know, have a little fun who is it i might burn the place down when i nominate this one i was gonna do it last week and i was like it's too early too spicy oh, no. but i have a real big wild card you ready oh it might be the same as mine i'm interested Bronny james oh oh <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> i um i almost drafted him during our <laughs> exercise um so uh, i don't have him on my board right now just because oh i have i don't him. know what to do with the medicals but it seems like he's playing um i got him at 33 he'd probably be in like the mid-20s for me i got him at 33 i think he's gonna be okay i think he's gonna play and then i think we're gonna have a tough year of waiting until combine week yeah, and we're gonna have all these NBA Central, Hoop Central, whatever <laughs> reports about what scouts are saying, and then I'm gonna get embarrassed because I'm gonna text one of them and be like, "Is this true?" And they're gonna be like, "Rucker, come on, man, don't text me this stuff." And I'm gonna be like, "Is he gonna be okay or not?" And they're like, "We'll let you know when we can." And I'm like, "That's bullcrap. That's how it works." Um, I think he's gonna be okay, and I think I hope God, I hope so. I think some he's gonna be the poster child of getting medicals. Um, but sounds like he's going to play. I couldn't be more pumped if he does. I'm rooting for him. I yeah. like him as a player. Oh, yeah. If he plays and everything's good and looks good out of the gate, yeah, he's going to move up in a hurry. I'm never going to have him top 10, but he would be a first-rounder for me. Yeah. Um, but my green room proposal is that he has some good connections. <laughs> um, no, I think Bronny's the glue guy of the group. I think he's very comfortable in his own skin. I think he also knows how to adapt to any environment. And, uh, you know, Bronny knows everyone wants to talk about LeBron and stuff like that. And I think Bronny's comfortable with being like, no, hey, it's, it, I'm Bronny. I think that's good for, for group morale. Um, and also, like, if, if the green room's a great time and they're like, hey, let's let's go pick up some pickup hoops, they might have some some good destinations to go play pickup hoops. You never know. It's just a fun wrinkle, Metcalf, to, to have in the squat. So I'm, I'm throwing Bronny James as a wild card in line. I love that. Okay. okay. Um, this one isn't quite as fun, uh, but I, I'm, I'm just going to go number one player on the board, Justin Edwards. Yeah, um, I can't believe we j waited this long to get him in there. He's got to be in line. So he's in line for sure. It's been too long. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have a, a great monologue uh, for it. He's Is there any hesitations you're worried about for Justin Edwards this year? Why am I just so like, I, I just think there's a demon going to be yeah. unlocked. Would, with everything lining up with like, they're going to have to play small. He's probably going to be a rebound and go guy. 
everything I saw in the preseason, it looks like that's the mentality he has of like, hey, I'm going to get the ball, run, run the break and transition, make plays. I just, it I'm wouldn't, in. it wouldn't shock me if there's some Brandon Miller esque early season issues around the rim, um, just because he's not super explosive, he's not super bulky, um, and he kind of struggled with some of that stuff in high school too, but. I think he's just so crafty. He has really good touch, um, really good shooter. I, I buy. I, I have him at one on my board, so I'm obviously yeah, in on too. him. I think the defense is awesome, especially the t- team defense. Um, I think the spot up shooting is going to be incredible. It's just kind of how does that explosiveness or kind of lack thereof translate um, to the college level, and what does that look like going forward, um, and how does he kind of cope or adjust to any early season struggles that he has in those areas. But that, that would kind of be the, the at rim stuff would be the big one for me. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I, I mean, sounds like they had their little like pro day session. Justin was impressing, especially getting to the rim and yeah. how aggressive he was. But I think it's also another thing to impress in a setting like that. And it's another thing to do it on the court. Um, I just buying the tools, buying the versatility at six, seven, six, eight, um, I think it's going to be a big year for him. I think he's, it's funny with those guys that are projected early season. And then I wonder if they're just watching guys like Ron Holland go off and then we're like, all right, here we go. Like, yeah. that's my, that's my, you know, Rocky versus Drago. That's my target. <laughs> I'm putting a picture of Ron Holland on the mirror every day, but I think it's just, you know, Edwards has an opportunity now where I think they're going to lean on him a little bit with, you know, Aaron Bradshaw supposed to be out for a while. Um, Big Z's not supposed to be playing, or maybe he is, but he's probably going to have to get caught up to speed. Um, they're going to be thin down low. So he's going to need to step up. It's going to be really interesting to see. And I kind of hate that for him. Cause too. I, he's, he's a wing and yes. if he's going to be having to play in the post or defend in the post. It could get ugly. Yes. Um, but- it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. God, he's, he rocks. He's so good. Um, all right, Rucker, this was a blast. Once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at TMetcalf11. He is Tyler Rucker. You can follow him at Tyler underscore Rucker. All of our stuff is at NoCeilingsNBA.com. It's 100% free. Go check it out. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Till next time, see ya.